1: The moon hung low in the night sky as I stood outside.
0: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary,
1: Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai.
0: So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Inside the apartment building, my heart pounding with a mix of excitement and nervous anticipation. Today was the day I would join the ranks of the police force as a rookie officer. My name is Alex, and I had always dreamed of making a difference, of upholding justice in a world that seemed too often plagued by darkness. My partner for this first assignment was Detective Ryan, a seasoned veteran with a reputation for his sharp instincts and unwavering resolve. Together, we were tasked with investigating a homicide case, a daunting task for a rookie like me, but I was eager to prove myself. As we approached the apartment, A sense of unease settled in the pit of my stomach. The door was locked, a barrier between us and the truth hidden within. With a swift kick, Detective Ryan forced the door open, revealing a chilling scene that would forever be etched in my memory. There before us lay the lifeless body of the victim. It was a gruesome sight, a chilling reminder of the evil that lurked in the shadows. But what shocked us both was not just the presence of death but the grotesque creature feasting on the remains. It was a dog-like creature, but larger, more akin to a wolf. Its hulking figure loomed over the body, its snarling face contorted with an unsettling mix of animalistic hunger and a twisted, human-like visage. The sight sent shivers down my spine, and I felt an instinctive urge to protect and serve, to rid the world of this abomination. Reacting on pure instinct, Detective Ryan and I drew our weapons and fired at the creature, hoping to neutralize the threat it posed. But the bullets seemed to have little effect. It let out a chilling growl, launching itself at us with a speed and strength that defied logic. Caught off guard, we were tackled to the ground, our bodies hitting the floor with a resounding thud. The creature slipped away from our grasp, a blur of fur and teeth, disappearing into the night before we could regain our footing. The chaos and confusion that ensued left us breathless, questioning the reality of what we had just witnessed. We exchanged bewildered glances, our faces etched with disbelief and uncertainty. Did we really see what we think we saw? Or was it some hallucination brought on by exhaustion or something we inadvertently ingested? The questions lingered in the air, a heavy fog obscuring the truth. With a deep breath, Detective Ryan and I collected ourselves, determined to make sense of the inexplicable. We scoured the surroundings, searching for any trace of the creature, but it was as if it had vanished into thin air. Frustration mingled with disbelief, our minds struggling to comprehend the events that had unfolded. As we stood there, gazing into each other's eyes, a silent understanding passed between us. We may never fully understand what we witnessed that night, But we knew that our duty remained to protect the innocent, to uphold justice, and to face the darkness head-on, even when it defied explanation. In the end, we may never have a definitive answer to the question that haunted us. Did we truly encounter a monstrous being, or was it an illusion, a trick of the mind, My friend and I both 18 year old males at the time decided to go camping in the Mogollon rim of northern Arizona we had no particular spot in mind as to where to camp so we drove around the NF woods until we came across a small very secluded lake I literally brought everything a guy would need to be out camping in the wilderness sleeping bags lighter food knife etc except I had forgotten my brand new Coleman tent I purchased specifically for this adventure so we wound up just camping in our sleeping bags on the ground next to the fire. It took forever to fall asleep because the temperatures dropped below freezing and we were shaking. We went based off the weather for Payson, Arizona, which was 4,000 feet and 50 miles from where we actually laid camp. My friend will call in Tom fell asleep before I did. I can't remember if ever did fall asleep or if I was just half asleep. But around midnight, I start hearing some really weird noises in the distance. I knew they're elk buggling nearby, so I didn't think much of it. Gradually, a snapping sound kept getting closer and closer to the camp over the course of about a half hour. I started getting scared, hoping it would go away, but it didn't. Suddenly, on the side of camp closest to Tom, I hear something running through the meadow straight toward us. I jumped up so fast and yelled at Tom to get up. While I was yelling at him, I was searching the ground nearby for my .40 caliber handgun. By the time I got the gun and flashlight trained on Tom, there is was massive black bear standing right above him. Tom was trying to get up having realized there was in fact a bear hovering above him. I aimed in the direction of the bear and squeezed the trigger four times. I could hear the bear run off not knowing whether I hit it or not. We were shaking so fiercely afterwards I couldn't tell if it was the cold or the adrenaline. We then packed our sleeping bags and left all of the other stuff to retrieve in the morning, and began the half-mile walk back to the dirt road where Tom's car was. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Bear stalked us all the way back to the car. When I was a kid, I went for cross-country biking nearby to our home. There is a roughly two kilometers, one, five miles loop of a forest path in the forest. It is rideable, if a bit difficult, at some points. After just riding a couple of minutes on a narrow forest path, I see a figure walking ahead of me. It looks like a hooded elderly lady walking really slowly. I cannot see her face or anything, just a dark hood covering her. I recall she being very tall, but I was also just 13 years old, so she could have been normal size. I drove just behind her, but the path is too narrow to overtake her from any of her sides. Also, I get this heavy feeling on my chest telling me not to try to overtake her. I can't explain it, but something just felt very off when I got closer to her. I stop my bike and get off and watch her walk ahead of me. I then think that this is silly and she must be startled if she turns around and sees me there so i think to act cool and turn down to pick up a blueberry i pick it up raise my head back to the road ahead of me and there is nothing i can see the path ahead maybe 50 meters and it's just impossible that she would have never done that distance within those five seconds i wasn't watching i then try to reason this with and think that she must have jumped off-road since there is extremely thick bushes and I cannot see there. I felt a bit uneasy about this, but decide to continue. I ride my bike about 500 meters more, and there is a cliff where I can see down the road ahead another 500 meters. And there she is. I can see her walking there again really slowly. Again, tall figure covered in a dark hood. I cannot see her face or anything but the hood she is wearing. And she is walking slowly on the road. I really couldn't figure out how she made it there in such a short time since even I couldn't do the distance in that time even with my bike. I am extremely alarmed at this point but decide to continue. I drive the hill down and to the spot where I saw her before. Again there is nothing. At this part of the forest it is more open and I can see quite far in any direction. Yet she is nowhere to be seen and yet there she was just 30 seconds before. I continue my trip and finally finish my first loop of the trail and decide to go yet another round. After going for a couple of minutes, there she is, exactly the same spot I saw her at the first time, again tall, dark hooded. Walking slowly. I got totally freaked out after this. I rode off the woods as fast as I could and in a total panic ride to my friend's home, which was further away from the woods than my own home. Until today, I have no idea what I saw and it gives me the chills when I remember her figure. When I was a little kid, my mom was out of town and I was with my dad at our house. Our house was on a remote Indian reserve in Canada, and about three miles away was my grandparents' house. Our houses were separated by three large wheat fields surrounded by forest. I don't know why, but my dad got me ready at night time. And we started walking on the gravel road to my grandparents house my mom had the vehicle with her i was under the age of five and pretty small girl i remember it was a clear autumn night the wheat fields were a few weeks from being harvested and there was a bright full moon there wasn't a single vehicle running in miles we started hearing something following us it was in the ditch in the tall grass and in the wheat field my dad held my hand as he grabbed some stones off the gravel road. He started hurling rocks into the ditch. It would run off and then start following us again. He grabbed more stones and put them in his pocket, then put me on his shoulders. I remember holding on to his forehead when I was sitting on his shoulders, and it was all sweaty. I wasn't scared. I was getting excited every time I spotted that thing. I could see a lot better from way up and I could see the thing's back or shoulders moving through the grass. I'd point it out to my dad, and then he'd throw more stones at it. It kept on coming back. To make matters creepier, we took a shortcut that was along the forest line on a thin dirt road. My dad started whistling loudly for my grandparents' German shepherd, Boss. The house was still far away, but we could hear Boss barking and moving towards us whatever that was following us was still following us that dog was such a welcoming sight to see sniffed around both of us for a moment then dashed off into the field barking like mad we got to my grandparents house my dad told my grandparents i fell asleep on the couch i talked to my dad about it many years later he said after that they had smudged my grandparents and father believe in the old ways and think maybe it was some bad medicine spirit and prayed for protection. Whatever it was, I was the target. Predators always go for the youngest or oldest. First of all, let me clarify that this is happening at my brother's house, not mine. The house has been around a little over a hundred years. My grandparents lived there for at least 50 years. My brother and his wife bought the house when they sold it. Every time I was over there as a kid, I felt like I was being watched. The upstairs was the worst. Especially the room next to the stairs, you just feel like you're not alone. Here's what they've told me. Pretty much every single night, they hear footsteps all throughout the house. If they ask whatever it is to stop, it stops immediately. One day, my sister-in-law, his wife, was home alone and heard my brother's voice coming from the baby monitor on the first floor. The other two monitors were on the second floor in my niece and nephew's bedrooms. It sounded exactly like him, but she called and made sure he was at work, not at the house. One night my nephew woke up around 3 a.m. to see what he described as a dark shape of a little boy looking into his bedroom. He said the boy started running down the hall to the room by the stairs, but when my nephew went in there he was gone. He drew a picture of this little boy, But my nephew was six when it happened he's eight now, so it was just a stick figure. The land itself used to be part of a property of a very old house up the road. I'm pretty sure they owned slaves back in the day. My first thought was maybe it's the ghost of a slave who was buried on the property, but that doesn't explain the voices right. Can ghosts mimic the living, or is this something else? What do you guys think? so two of my friends snuck out last summer and took a walk listening to music. Decided to sit down on the road and talked a bit, and they both heard a distant scream that sounded pretty similar to an elk screech, but for like one second in duration. So they turned off the music and saw a huge humanoid horse looking things sprint out of this forest into a field, and they said it was running really fast, like 40 miles per hour. They said it was kind of hunched and had a limp was lean but muscular, and was completely pale or gray and naked. They both sprinted home and FaceTimed each other, when they got home and told me and a few others about it the next day. I was in disbelief, so I snuck out on my bike the next night with my other friend and met up with the two original people along with some others and went looking for it. We heard the noises they described, and me and my one friend saw a pale Bigfoot-looking creature walk in front of someone's barn light like 300 yards away but we're not sure we continued to do this for a few nights and one of them was walking to meet up with us alone to go looking for it and had seen it like five times on the walk there sometimes like 20 feet in front of him we probably all went looking for it like six or seven times in total the last time we went looking we all saw it and it was super tall like eight ten feet super fast and had these glowing eyes you could see from a mile away i'm pretty sure i also saw it have these long greasy locks or strands of hair about shoulder length looked like a mix between a crawler Ren Jaeger titan form and jeff the killer it was creepy and when it was on pavement you could hear clopping noises like it had hooves or something aside from this i was on a late night gas station walk later that summer with two of my friends at three in the morning And on our way back, we saw something run or hobble across the road about 70 yards in front of us, and it looked pretty similar. However, it was much smaller, maybe 5 feet tall, but I could see it being maybe 7 feet if it was standing fully upright. Does anybody have an idea of what this massive thing could be? This was in rural northeast Ohio. Edit. Was reading this over and forgot to add. We were walking on the way back to my friend's house, one of the nights and behind somebody's house. We heard the noise of a baby crying in the woods. Couldn't have been mistaken for anything else but a baby. I did my undergrad at this tiny little college in the middle of a mountain range. Literally miles and miles of woods on every side. I think about 100 acres was technically the school's property but except for the weird high-security facility a few miles to the east. None of the neighbors cared if kids went hiking onto their property as long as they weren't destructive and wore bright colors during hunting season. Had a kid the year above me get a calf full of birdshot after running into their property with a turkey call. Anyways, the point is, there is or was a lot of woods and a lot of trail markers. My now ex, still very violent or nutty fiance, was in a grad program in the city, so we were living apart. I was planning on going on a quick two mile walk through the woods on a well marked trail just to see the lake, distress from midterms, etc. Relationship was extremely rocky at this point, and I get a phone call right before I start the trail. What it was about doesn't matter. The important part was that it was essentially a napalm bomb to the heart and my trust in humanity. Not trying to be dramatic, I was just a sensitive kid. So I took off sprinting down the trailhead, tears running down my face. Figured I'd take a slightly different trail that goes up a steep incline and maybe just burn myself out. It works, kind of. I'm catching my breath and still sobbing, and I hear a group of people on the trail headed towards me. Not wanting to be known as the crying girl in the woods and not entirely in my right mind, I took off running in a random direction, passing a lot of the tree houses and forts that people make in the woods, telling myself I know where I am and that I hike these woods often and can find my way back to either the trail entrance or to the road. I jumped two creeks, which in hindsight should have stopped me because that meant I was straying way off campus. But I kept going, slipping on branches, and then picking a new direction to run in. I was a dumb kid. I was a really dumb kid. There were a couple turkey vultures following me, which wasn't too surprising. Kids left food out pretty often, so they tended to be watchful. On long hikes by myself, I'd often sing to them when they tagged along. I started getting tired and slowed down to a walk, heading towards a small clearing with some toppled birch trees to sit on. My face was all messed up and my hair had little sticks and leaves in it, but I wasn't crying anymore. I lit a cigarette and stared at the ground and felt pretty damn sorry for myself. At some point I stopped feeling pretty damn sorry for myself and started feeling jumpy, kind of tingly, and everything I saw had this new level of sharpness and clarity to it. It wasn't really a feeling that I was being watched, more like I was somewhere I really, really didn't belong. It was starting to get dark, I had no cell service, the only thing I had on me besides my phone was a lighter, pack of cigarettes, and small pocket knife, shorts, t-shirt, light windbreaker. I was literally search and rescue's worst nightmare. Trying to calm myself down, I tried to find any trail markers. None. Didn't recognize anything around me, couldn't hear any running water, and was too turned around to know where the road was. It was getting pretty chilly and the woods were starting to make that sound that i can only describe as teeming i didn't want to wander in a random direction but the feeling of dread kept getting stronger and stronger so i slowing started walking started hearing things mostly whispers which i figured i was hallucinating due to dehydration or exhaustion and then the shadows it was the strangest thing these tall thin shadows being cast on the trees I would have chalked it up to the sunset, but the movement of them was unnatural, and I kept catching them in the corner of my eye. They kind of swayed, or kind of jumped. It was a strange juxtaposition between how thoroughly creeped out I was and how pretty the sunset was that night. I remember looking at the sky, trying to calm myself down and pick a direction that felt right, but no direction felt right. I kept getting turned around. Heard a few distinctive twig snaps in the distance. A wicked chill ran down my spine, and at this point I wasn't thinking eldritch forest elves. I was thinking bobcat or black bear. Started sniffling and crying silently again because I knew I had messed up. I was fifty shades of paranoid, dehydrated, and I prayed to God hallucinating. And then I heard a rustle of wings that just about scared the shit out of me, and I looked up, and there was the vulture just looking at me. I was so out of it that I think I asked it for help. It stared at me for a few more seconds and then took off. It landed on a branch a few meters away and stared at me, doing the angry feather fluff thing that they do. Walked up to the tree it was perched in, and it took off again and landed on another branch a ways away. So I did what any sane person would do in that situation and followed the vulture. The feeling of dread slowly wore away and I started feeling okay. It was such a polite vulture, waiting for me to catch up and then flying off again. I don't remember how long I followed it, just that it was a while, and even when it was getting really twilight dusky out I still felt safe. I started recognizing Landmark's glacial boulders, the tree forts, and could hear voices up ahead. The vulture lead me a few more meters, right onto the main trail and then stayed put. I thanked it, apologized, and made my way towards the group of people camped out. I knew a bunch of the kids. They freaked out. I was promptly handed hot tea and french fries. They asked how the hell I made my way out there, and I just shrugged. I didn't feel like sharing about the vulture, and when I tried to spot him again, he'd flown off. Here's the real scary part of the story, though. No one realized I was gone. I lived alone, and my friends had assumed that I wasn't answering texts because I was studying. It was also a Friday, meaning that no one would have even thought it strange I was gone, as I often left to the city without telling anyone for the weekend. Essentially, no one would have even started looking until Monday, at which point I might have been either bobcat food or a sacrifice to the dear God. So thank you, my kind, kind vulture friend. Vultures are hands-down my favorite animals now. I recently received a telephone call from a friend of an eyewitness who was born and raised in a northwest suburb of Chicago, Illinois. The only specific location reference was given as near the Des Plaines River. The eyewitness Dee discussed multiple sightings from 1978 through 1988 while he lived there as a boy. The sightings would usually occur at dusk and would continue throughout the night and there were at least two winged creatures always seen flying in a wide circle at an altitude of 500-600 feet. The creatures were silhouetted against the clouds that were backlit by the city lights. The description of these creatures was that there was no head or neck that could be seen. They had long thick tails but no legs or feet were visible. The huge wings had no feathers but were membraned, similar to that of a dragon or pterosaur. Apparently, the neighborhood residents were well aware of the nightly sightings. I solo sail a lot. I learned to sail when I was little and have done three transatlantic cruises so far. This one time I was doing a transatlantic crossing from the Canaries to St. Lucia It was late, and I was on deck doing an equipment check as per routine when sailing alone. So I am six days into the 14-day journey, and it's just nothingness all around. I mean absolutely no light save for the stars and the moon. I can literally remember this like it was yesterday because I have never seen anything like it before. I was on deck, and all of a sudden it was bright, like midday full sun bright. Mind you, it was near 2 a.m. at this point, so it made literally no sense. Immediately I assumed it had to be a flare, someone needed help. I came to a full stop, lowered the sails and began radioing on all the emergency channels in Spanish and English. I did this for almost two hours, circling around and checking the radio, there was nothing. Around the second hour I gave up, I marked the location of my search pattern and kept going. I had no idea what it was, never saw anything like it again. The whole night lit up like the sun was out for a good three, four seconds. Unbelievable. Last year, my brother was driving through the dark roads of South Shore, Massachusetts, near the Bridgewater Triangle. It was dark, and there's limited street lights in the area. As he was driving, he noticed a cloaked figure standing on the tree line at the side of the road. He described it as wearing white robes and looking almost like a clansman, but without the pointy hat. As he drove by, the figure took notice and pivoted towards him very quickly, making direct eye contact. He became frightened enough that he sped away. I often wonder what he might have seen that night. Most of the town is very dense forest, and the roads are unwalkable with no shoulders, so whatever it was likely came out of the woods. It unsettles me knowing the amount of acreage it came out of and whatever this person, if it was a person, was doing on the side of the road watching cars. In July 2018, I was staying in a very isolated region with limited access behind three log gates 20 miles south of Whitethorne, California, on a primitive 4 x 4 road. This place is at the end of the road, a lost world of primeval forest on the northern border of a vast green belt spreading from Shelter Cove on the lost coast east to Highway 101 and south to Fort Bragg, California. At about 3 a.m. I was awakened. It was a hot, dark, and completely silent July night in these mountains. Something above my tent location, approximately two to three hundred meters, began knocking on wood. It's best described as loud whacks by a big club or branch on a tree trunk. They started one knock, which got my attention. There was a brief hesitation, then several more knocks, but randomly timed. The knocking was loud, so loud that it echoed down the canyon in the stillness. The event lasted only a minute or two. My first thoughts were that there was no one on the mountain who could be out here in the middle of a primitive and protective area. These knocks were from something large, and no North American animal could have made them. Listening intently while my mind tried to wrap around how the noise was made, I began to wonder about Bigfoot legends. The night fell silent again. Afterward, I told a few locals and learned that there had been many Bigfoot sightings near Piercy and north of Willow Creek. Fast forward to two weeks ago, while waiting at the first locked gate to the same conservation area, I heard two distinct vocalizations which cannot be explained. As I waited in the dusk for about 45 minutes, waiting to meet a party at the gate who was running late, I heard a very loud wail, scream, or call that I'd never heard before in nature. The sound was coming from the heavily wooded area above me about two to three hundred meters. I instantly knew where I had heard such an unfamiliar call about three years previous. There's a few second delay from the first call, then a few more, then silence for about a minute leading me to wonder if this whole experience was surreal. It thought that it was an unknown animal or some kind of implausible prank. It was loud and echoing down the mountain as though some huge creature could belt with the lungs of Pavarotti, only much louder. The chance of it being a prankster in this wilderness was highly unlikely. Then began another call out at about three to four hundred meters to the north. It was also just as loud, but came only three calls in succession. It had a distinct higher pitch. This absolutely blew my mind because the first call might be attributed to an elk on steroids, but the response brought chills down my spine. I'll never forget that second vocalization as it was so unique, and this was obviously communication between two individuals in possibly a rudimentary language. Another experience happened just the night before the dual vocalizations on a Friday evening in early November 2019. I had just moved into a cabin that my brother and I rented located along an extremely rugged canyon area of the Mattel River. It was dusk, quite dark already in the forest. I was outside looking at the stars, taking in the newness of these rugged surroundings. Suddenly, there was a screaming that was so loud and so foreboding that I could only listen in amazement. It was the loudest screaming I've ever heard. I thought it was produced by some kind of banshee from a horror film. The screaming continued at full throttle for over five minutes. I know mountain lions can scream, but nothing like this. It sounded much louder, more guttural, literally as if someone had set up loudspeakers and played the bloodiest scream that Hollywood could produce. I wondered if someone was up on the mountainside pranking me as a newcomer to the neighborhood. I listened for a bit, then went inside and told my brother about it because it was so unnerving. Bigfoot did not ever enter my mind. But then at dusk, the very next evening, I heard two calls while waiting at the gate. I've since been over and over in my mind why have I been so lucky to hear and experience these mysterious sounds, much less three distinct vocalizations which cannot be explained in a 24-hour period. I've been to a lot of different wilderness areas during my life, but those sounds in that specific location were simply remarkable. I've been searching for answers to this for years, but never found anything like it or that could explain. Basically, I just moved into a new house in a suburban-ish area in northern UK. A few months after we were settled, we invited a friend round for some drinks. At somewhere around 1am, 2am, a a very loud sound could be heard throughout the house. The closest thing I can compare it to is microphone feedback. It was very high-pitched and almost hurt to hear except it was more of a defined note than feedback. It started off quietly and was drawn out in the distance, but it sounded like it got progressively closer and louder each time it rung. I say rung because it was like it faded in and out a few times, almost like a long tone. The whole thing lasted only about 20 seconds. Safe to say we were all absolutely freaked out afterwards and had to confirm to each other that we had actually heard it the same. We all brushed it off as too much to drink and some weird electric noise somewhere. Because it was so out of the blue, freaky, and over so quickly nobody thought to record it. A few months later my fiancé and I were in bed. He was asleep by this point and I was trying to get to sleep, that's when I heard it again. This time it wasn't as loud, almost as if it didn't come as close, but it sounded as if it was traveling. I woke my fiancé up as I was freaked out again, but he was too sleepy to acknowledge anything at this point. The final time it happened was when I was in bed again. This time it woke me up. I didn't bother to wake my fiancé this time as it seemed much quieter this time. Neither of the times when in bed did I have time to record it as I'd have to cross the room to my phone to do so. Any ideas what this could be? We've put it down to some kind of electrical sound. It only seems to happen at night, or in the early hours of the morning. The first time we heard it confirms that I am not the only one who can hear it. I live on an ordinary street with an office building nearby, and a few small shops a street away. The area just outside of here is quite rural. I have also heard about these sky trumpets. However, the sounds I have heard are nothing like any of these. No Google search has yielded any results either. It was just so loud and odd. It's driving me crazy, I'd just love to have an explanation, or even someone who might have experienced something similar. It was on a hot summer night that I was out in the dark woods with my neighbor, whom I'm pretty close with. He was like extended family, honestly. The fact that I didn't even know we were going until that night when I was sitting at home in front of my laptop, playing video games, My neighbor came over to see me, and he asked me if I wanted to go camping with him and his family. It had been a while since we last did anything together, so of course I said yes. It would have just given us an excuse not to go to school for a couple of days. This was in September, so school had just started back up, and the coldness of fall had not yet come, so it was perfect. The next day, his family and I gathered our camping gear. We're driving down a dark road with tall trees on the other side of it. It was getting dark quickly, so we had to turn the lights on, and unfortunately, which means we would have had to set up in the dark. So we're driving for about an hour or two, but it felt like it took forever. My friend's dad turned left at an unmarked intersection where there wasn't even a sign saying that this was the right turn off the road. The road got bumpy and rocky as he drove over this very raw, unpaved road. That's when we came across a large clearing because all I could see around was trees and darkness. Where we stopped at this makeshift campground, I say that because there was no clear indicated spot to set up a tent, a spigot, a bathroom, or anything. This was truly camping just down the middle of nowhere, perfect. Now I need to say that it was pitch blackout and it had gotten really cold now that the sun had set. We were also higher up in elevation So we got everything set up quickly and decided we would huddle up in the tent together that my friend's father had set up for us. But I just had this feeling lingering within me that we weren't alone. Now my brain was playing tricks on me, so I decided to step out and get some fresh air. It was eerily quiet until I heard this screaming noise. My heart began pounding fast as if it knew what was coming. Then we heard a wrestling noise in the bushes, more screaming from the woods. I was so scared that my friend told me to come back into the tent. Now not only could we all hear the noises, but then as I got back in the tent and we shined our light, we could see something moving outside the tent, this shape. My friend's dad got a flashlight, shining it too at this object. That's when this thing began screaming and thrashing. Now we're all yelling, freaking out because we can see the shape of this thing more. It looked like an animal but all we could see was this large shape, and it was terrifying looking from the silhouette. It looked like an upright, deformed reindeer or something, and it had long claws. It was where we being pranked. I wasn't even sure. It screamed again in our direction, and we just prayed for it to leave. It walked near our tent, and we all kept our flashlights shining at it through the tent material, only revealing its silhouette but one thing I noticed is it never came closer to the tent. It's like it was pissed that we set up camp here in its area. I get it. This probably sounds like some sort of amateur creep but tell it to my family, my friend's family, and me who have to deal with the memory of this thing. We stopped hearing it almost literally after we all pretty much urinated all over our sleeping bags out of terror. Surprisingly, none of us had any weapons on us, Somehow we all forgot. We got lucky that night, but who knows what would have happened if it were to come back and possibly check out our tent. Now, of course, my friend's dad regrets that he didn't bring any weapons. He forgot. He normally always carries a pistol. I went home the next day and we didn't get any sleep that night. What was designed to be a civil day trip turned into a quick overnight terror. I've not been able to go camping since, I don't think I ever will, you know. And I'm also not sure what this thing was or where it came out of. I haven't really sat down to train research either. I don't really care. I just want to get rid of this memory. New York State is known for some pretty crazy things, from alligators in basements to criminals hiding behind trees. But I've had some pretty strange run-ins myself. I'll be telling you about my most interesting encounter yet, about a year ago while on duty at a local town overnight for training. Myself and another officer were dispatched to a local residence for a report of an elderly woman gone missing while hiking with her dog on her own property. She was sitting on roughly 80 acres of land and couldn't have gone far. The person reporting was her son. He said she hadn't been there since later that afternoon when she set out with the dog towards the edge of the property, near the swamp area by their house. It would have been odd to just send two officers on such a call, but due to our small force size, we were using one car on solo nights to provide better coverage across town. Upon arriving on scene, we met with the son, who led us down to where his mother was last seen. He told us he found her phone by their mailbox, which appeared that she had talked to her son for a little while, but after setting out, had mentioned something about going towards the swamp as there were some wildflowers that had bloomed this time of year. This is why we had been dispatched as well. It also seemed like a good spot for bears, so we had to evaluate all the potential dangers. However, knowing how well populated our area was, not everybody always carried bear spray, but we did, so we could cover more ground efficiently and ensure safety if we came across any potentially dangerous wildlife. We walked for about 30 minutes, following the path around to where I thought she may have gone towards. However, after walking for a little while longer, nothing turned up. We then decided to double back and try walking along another path that branched off from the one we were on to see if that would turn up any evidence that she had been here. While walking down this other path, at first, it seemed like there was nothing out of the ordinary, but again, no sign of her dog or any tracks leading to the brush, either finishing or somewhere else. This is when I began getting nervous because between myself and my partner, we could not find her or find any traces of her. Something must have happened to her since she left home earlier in the afternoon. As we kept going further, we began hearing odd noises in the distance. While I felt that we were safe at first, we both came to a sudden stop. These sounds were like nothing I've heard before, at least not on this side of the country. But it did not sound like any animal or person I could identify. Did you hear that? My partner had said to me as he looked towards the source of the howl. At this point, my heart was racing out of fear and curiosity, wanting more than anything for this night to end and for us to get back safely. I told him yes as my hands began to tremble slightly, for both nervousness and adrenaline. The hair on my arms were standing and raising, and I felt goosebumps beginning to form. We then slowly began moving towards where the howl had come from, both myself and my partner keeping our flashlights out just in case whatever made the noise was anything dangerous. We walked for another minute or so until we got closer and closer, Still no sign of any dog tracks or even footprints, nothing leading up to this noise or away from it. My heart began pounding out of my chest when we came within about 30 feet of the origin of the sound, which had stopped by now after hearing us get closer. And then suddenly, without warning, an odd orb-like light appeared not too far above our heads, making us feel instantly nauseous. What is that? I remember saying as I raised my flashlight to see what it was. But then, just as quickly as it appeared, it vanished. My partner and myself both looked towards where the light disappeared, and then we heard a rustle from behind us, not too far away from where we were standing. Up until now, he whispered that we needed to get out of here. This wasn't right, but his voice quivered, which was strange and caught my attention. This was a partner who was always very calm, no matter how scary or dangerous the situation was. We had been working together for years. However, this time he sounded scared, almost as if something else was out there other than us. We began walking back towards where we came from for a while, while I kept my light out in front of me just to make sure nothing was going to jump out. All the while, we had been hearing strange sounds that sometimes sounded like a human, but not fully at least not having the cadence of a person it was more animalistic he would ask me again if i heard that and i told him yes he was getting more and more scared even though his exterior was seemingly calm we slowly started walking back towards where we came from where the sounds became louder and louder this made it difficult to continue without completely freaking out on one another Then, out of nowhere, the one sound that instantly made me stop in my tracks was the sound of some kind of human cry from not too far away. He whispered SHH to me as he looked at me with his eyes almost piercing right through mine. While I couldn't tell what it was, something compelled me to move forward so we could see what was making these strange sounds around us, which led us here in the first place. Wait, no, come back. We shouldn't be going up this far, he explained to me. even though he seemed very insistent about us going back the way we came from, I couldn't bring myself to stay quiet and just go while we could still hear all these strange noises where we were. So while he was busy whispering to me about how we should leave, I began walking towards where it sounded like this noise was coming from, which only made him try and stop me even more. We both proceeded to go deeper into the woods, but the sound of whatever we had heard was now gone, and it was silence. In fact, the night itself was now silent. The cricket's all-night life had gone completely dead. But the inside of my mind was going crazy, trying to figure out what was going on. What were those strange cries and noises? What were the bright lights that appeared overhead? But here's one of the strange parts. At some point, him and I lost each other, which I don't know how it's even possible because we were walking within 5 to 10 feet of one another. I hear him whispering into his radio trying to contact me but our radio communication was very fizzy and somehow we had gotten separated joe come in joe are you out there he kept saying over and over again as i could hear what he was saying as if he was standing right next to me even though we couldn't see each other at all and as we're struggling in this disarray of a mess this extremely bright white light shines from the sky as if an asteroid had exploded up in the atmosphere, lighting up the entire night sky, enveloping me, and I assume my partner, in this white consuming light. And the next thing you know, we're back at the front of the property, and it's morning time with the sun rising. The mom is sitting on her front porch with her dog, drinking coffee. She sees us and is immediately surprised. My partner and I are kind of looking at each other, freaking out, trying to mentally comprehend everything that has just happened, feeling ourselves in our own heads and bodies, making sure we're not dead or dreaming. What just happened? I remember asking when the lady comes over to us and begins asking questions like, where did you guys come from? Why are you here? We began asking her questions in return. Her name, was she aware that she was missing? She seemed to have no knowledge of her ever missing. And when checking the date and time, It had been about 14 hours since the previous evening. My partner and I can both vouch for this happening. I'll spare you all the new details, but long story short, after we had gotten separated by this very thick darkness, we were both enveloped in white light and somehow pushed through about 14 hours of time, ending up at the front of the property. At the time of this happening to us, it was roughly 8.36 p.m. at night, and we were no more than three-fourths of a mile away from the house. The woman who had been reported missing also showed no signs of ever being hurt or any recollection that she was ever missing in the first place. We did not report this, as we have no logical way to explain anything that happened to us.